Today's episode is sponsored by the Christian Standard Bible. The goal of the CSB is to be faithful to the original languages without sacrificing clarity, all the while maintaining both accuracy and readability. With beautiful designs and multiple study Bible options, everyone, from adults to teens to children, can find a CSB Bible that they enjoy. Learn more at csbible.com. Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast, where we drink coffee and have real conversations on faith, culture, and society. This is Mark Hyde. And Chris Fuller. And on today's episode of Real Talk Christian, we're continuing with the Old Testament theme. We've talked about the law. Let's talk about salvation and how it worked back in the day. You ready, Fuller? Let's go! Oh, sorry. What are you singing? Well, you know, the song. Oh, <laughs> gotcha. You're doing an interpretive dance of the song. Well, don't I with every intro That's that true. we have? I was trying to throw you off by saying happy birthday. You'd be like, it's not my birthday, bro. It's not my birthday. It's not. What is your birthday? None of your business. Wow. <laughs> well, okay. Welcome to Real Talk Christian Podcast. <laughs> your birthday's before mine, right? Mine's in December. Yeah, so it's before mine. March? Oh. April? Yeah. Yeah, I knew it was spring. <laughs> I knew it was spring because we gave you the birthday shout out on Instagram a little while back. But either way, dude, true. welcome back. What's going we on, Mark? We are cruising Hi. still with Lifeway. We are cruising with not a coffee sponsor yet. That would be so cool. But what are we doing? Let's just jump just into what jump we're doing. I'm just, excited this about this. This is a good cup of, so, of good reformed for, theology. Uh, for Father's Day, I was allowed to pick two different coffees that I wanted to order. So I ordered one from Quill, which is a Louisville and Indianapolis yeah. coffee company. That's really good. And then this stuff, uh, Soche introduced to me. It's, and I don't remember if he introduced me to this bag or a different bag, but I'm I like... I think it was a different I bag, just got to try. this bag is good. And what's this bag called? It's called... It's the Reformed Roasters, the Tulip Series. So there's Total Depravity, which is their yeah, dark roast. way too much Unlimited Atonement. Here. There's... Oh, no, no. Um... Uh, yeah, un, uh, unlimited atonement, irresistible grace. Um, hold on, I messed one. Uh, hold on, let's let's back this up. I'm I'm tired. Total I just depravity. got back from a steak dinner, and I am full, and I am tired. Uh, we have the total depravity. Then you, unlimited atonement. L, which is no, U yeah. is. Oh shoot. Um, I thought it was unlimited atonement. No, that's limited atonement. Is L unconditional oh, yeah. election? Wow. Full of pravity, unconditional election, limited atonement. Well, I guess we're then not eyes, ears, just grace, and then perseverance of the saints. So we got perseverance of the saints in the house, which is their breakfast blend it is. because they want you to persevere through the day. It wasn't that great at first, no. but it's grown on me. Yeah, it's it's, it's honestly, a blend. I'm going to say it's a blend. It's and a blend. so it's a blend. And the the beans were, um, they were, they were still a little oily, which is fine, uh, which is fine. But it, I don't know. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's but it's definitely a morning blend, it's, because it has that morning like heavy acid kind of like pops you up real quick, you know. Yeah. So it's I wouldn't say it's the smoothest one we've ever had, but it's not bad. It's not it's a right. bad little it's blend. Right. It's it's it, a blend. It's a blend. It's not it's, a single origin. It's not a you know micro roastery single yeah. origin little tiny like what Onyx it, does. Yeah, but. it's a it it is what it is. It's a big big corporate coffee. That's what it tastes like, corporate coffee? It's a corporate coffee. Tastes like a corporate coffee. But it's a good corporate coffee. It's not like Folgers. Honestly, if we had this at church, I would not complain. I wouldn't either. I would not complain. Now, this, I mean, it, it, it is a cheaper bag than the other ones. That costs the same as the small bags that of, of the other stuff that well, I get. So that makes sense. It's because it's, it's a blend. But, but either way, this is from the Reformed Roasters, and they also have a Puritan class where they have like uh, John Owens and um, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Uh, Jonathan Edwards, yep. they have like uh, old Puritan preachers like that, and nice. they have little blends and stuff like that too. So I figured we'd give it a shot. It's so we're good. drinking it's the Reform Roasters. All right. Well, let's dump j- dump in. Let's dump it. <laughs> let's dump, dump in. Dump it out for <laughs> the homies. Let's jump in to the Would You Rather. Oh, we're going quick. We're gonna, All right. We're going to just jump. Well, we got, you know, 
I don't know if you looked, but I looked, and we actually have a review, so we're going to have to pull Ooh, it up. Oh, I did not look we yet. We actually had it loud with when we were interviewing Rodney Buse, but we never move into it so oh look at that that's pretty dope so anyways mark would you rather have your flight delayed by eight hours or have your luggage lost oh flight delayed by eight hours Definitely. no question and here's why i always have a phone charger in my backpack you know what but <laughs> i don't want to lose my yeah i don't want to lose my luggage I know. Sometimes you never get it back. Exactly. So. I mean, okay, so uh, Frerichs, for example, when they're trying to get to Peru, yes. I don't I, oh. Joe Kimberly, remind me how many get bags you guys lost, but it was like a ton of Sadie's stuff. Yeah. It was not like the, it wasn't well, Joe or Kimberly. Well, in all fairness, they were moving too, so they had a lot of stuff. They but had a still. ton of stuff, but they lost stuff of Sadie's. Yeah. And I don't, I don't remember if it was toys or clothes or whatnot, but they lost a couple of baggage remember. and it took months yeah, for it, it to show forever. up. So 86% of people agree with us that they'd rather. 86 would also 86%. do another one. Let's just do another so one. So 14. Do well, we always, always do three. We do three? Unless, okay. Unless we have a guest, then I only Ooh, do two. But This is giving me the coffee burps. All right. So would you rather be homeless but genuinely happy or have a nice house but be depressed all the time? Oh, jeez. <laughs> homeless. <laughs> I'd rather be homeless. But I can be poor and be with Jesus. That's all that matters with me. That's I, I, I mean, that's the answer I would give very, very quickly, too. But, man, that would that's it would be very hard to be like to to be homeless yeah i think if you got jesus you're good to me like this reads if i got a nice house i ain't got jesus so i mean i'm taking eternal well, you're salvation depressed. like you are like literally clinically depressed i'm taking eternal salvation yeah. and, <laughs> and, and take, hope over and, hopelessness and, and, and hope yeah hope and happiness all and, right yeah yeah i'll take it too i'll take it too so yep, yep. let's see 62 percent of people believe uh agreed with us and 38 percent said they would rather have a nice house and be depressed hmm, i thought it was gonna be a little closer i thought I, that was gonna be split down the middle see i thought it was gonna be more like 90% would rather be homeless and happy, but whatever. Never know. Some people are materialistic and like There's a lot, but, but if you think about it, if you live for just right here, right now, it's like, oh, you know what? I can, like, you know, you you can mask the pain. Yeah, but even, even then, man, I don't know if I'd want to be depressed. Even if I didn't have Jesus, I don't think I'd want to be depressed all the time. That sounds miserable. I mean, it sounds mis- It sounds you, exhausting. You could even enjoy your nice house then because you're just depressed about it. You're just it. depressed by it, yeah. I no, mean, I'm, so. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right, okay. here's the last one. <laughs> the... <laughs> Oh, you'll see. You'll see here. Why? What was that reaction? Would you rather be hairy all over or be completely bald? Wow. I'm laughing because I'm hairy all over. But no, 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 no. And I have a receding hairline. But, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) That sounds like. But, but seriously, would you rather, you would rather look like. I am like hairy. a Sasquatch, though. I, I am hairy all but, over. But we're talking like full fledged, your entire body is covered with hair. You don't have any yes. skin visible. Yes, I'd rather take that. Nah, dude, give me Michael Jordan every day. You know why? What? Because I can wax it, man. I can I can take off that hair. Why and only would keep it you wax that I want. it when you could right, just so have it waxed? You're going with bald? Give me bald, right, man. I'm give me Michael hairy. Jordan. Let's give me Seth Godin. 61%. I could be a swimmer. 61% said they'd rather be bald. There so you, you got, go. You got majority on that Oop, one. There 30, is, 39% there said hairy all over. Well, see, think about it. I could be a professional swimmer and I don't need to shave nothing. Yeah, but think about it. I could live in the Alps and not have to worry about having as many clothes. <laughs> but why would you want to be a Yeti in the Alps? <laughs> That's know. my question. Which side note? We went to Beth and I went to <laughs> Disney said, for our honeymoon. He said side note. Side note. We went to Disney for our honeymoon and that uh, the the is it called the Yeti? I don't know what what that roller coaster is. Where you like where you go through like you know how they have like the different spots in um oh shoot what park was that one um what's the park where you like drink around the world and you have all the different countries Epcot, Epcot. yeah it's that roller coaster at at Epcot holy cow he couldn't remember Epcot I can't remember there. Epcot dude okay he was just there I, I was just there. I couldn't I can't think of it so but no there was that Why Yeti did you roller just coaster sound like it was a thirteen so year old boy like coming be, into manhood it just be what it is man. Anyways, let's go ahead and let's jump over to the review. You know, it's so hard. It's funny. I have my coffee, but I'm full from dinner. It is hot in this room. It is nuts. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to read this review. You got the review. (laughs) I I got it. Oh, okay. I got it. It's from Corey BJ. This was from June 28th. It says favorite podcast. Oh, I like that. That's a good start. That's a good start. It says I was looking for a good Christian podcast to listen to while I cut grass and work and stumbled across this one. Now it's my go-to podcast and favorite podcast to listen to. I love the topics and the discussion. Corey, thanks, man. Dude, reach out to us. You know, I've I've done a terrible job with the mini swag bags because UPS messed me up, and then it got thrown into my junk bin, 
that for that I use for work and I look at it sometimes and go, oh man, I need yeah. to get these back out. And then it just doesn't happen because I don't live by a post office anymore. So, but send us your contact. We want to get something over to you, man. We want to send you a thank you card, some pins, some business cards, some stickers, and just say thanks. And hopefully Mark actually gets them out. Hopefully I actually get them out. That would actually you know, be good. So out of 44 reviews we've had, by, by the way, thank you those all who have given us a review. That's a lot. Dude. We've had one, one star. One one star. Have you read the one star? I have. It I should think be it's a, not. I don't it, think it's I supposed think it's to be a, a one star. I think it's supposed to be a five star. Yeah, but it's a one. But you know what? This gives us a four point we'll nine rating <laughs> <laughs> out of five. <laughs> but seriously, all you guys that left Apple Podcast reviews, thank you. Thank you so much. You know, Apple Podcast is not the number one podcast listening app in the world it's anymore. N- it's not. Well, it might be number one still. No, but I think now Spotify there's Spotify is. and there's Google Podcasts and Podbean. I think Spotify and, is though. There's so many. Like I haven't looked at our stats in a while to see where most of our listeners come from. But you know, you guys who do leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, that helps way more than than you could ever think. So thank thank you you for that. You can also leave reviews on Facebook as well. So if you're on Facebook, you can leave us a review there too. So hit us up. Hit us up. Well, before we actually jump in, dude, we brought a bunch of Bibles with us today. Oh, Why you want to do have, this now? Let's do this now. All we have right. a bunch of Bibles I, with us today. I got to unbury So we are here. officially sponsored by the CSB, here, the Christian you. Standard Bible. We both have the Ancient Faith Bible. We do. Um, there's a new Gilkskin one it, you can pre-order. I actually bought it because you mentioned it. Well, I, I got you it. Hold I was, oh, I thought you were holding me. I was me. pointing at you. Oh, gotcha. I was doing the old Southern so Baptist these pastor are, point. These are our, some of our church Bibles that we just have around the building. and. The purple. It's cute. It's not leather, but it's like fake leather. It's fake leather. It's, but it's it's nice. It's the thin line version. Yep. Uh, actually, all of these, all five of these are thin line, but you yep. also have the the black leather, imitation leather, which is still good. Yep. They're just reference. I mean, yeah, they're just reference Bibles. I mean, we just use them for when people forget their Bibles. But then you also have the gift Bibles, white, black, blue, I mean, all the different ones if you're watching here on YouTube, whatever, but you know, CSB is one of those really cool translations and there's, there's the whole, you're trying to be word for word or paragraph for paragraph. And they went for equivalency. They went for, there's a very specific term. Yeah. I forget what it is. Uh, Cause I read it the other day. I'm like, Oh, that's kind of, I mean, it's kind of what the NET does. Uh, Yeah. So basically the idea is, is they bring the reading scale down to like third grade. So that way so many optimal equivalence is what they use. So So, there's, there's three, there's two different that are pretty standard. Um, your word for word is typically a formal equivalence, which that would be kind of more of an ESV or King James. Uh, not, not so much King James. Uh, that's your ESV, NASB, your NASB. Uh, there's dynamic or functional equivalence, which is more of your NIV, your thought for thoughts. NLT. And then they and others have come up with the optimal equivalence, which is like an 80% word for word and like 20% thought for thought or 70, 30, but it's usually more word for word and less thought for thought, but there's still some in there to make it all make sense. Um, and that's what they use. They use the optimal equivalence. Yep. Um, and actually, you know, I had never thought about getting a CSB before um, Lifeway and you. And then you turned me on to the Ancient Faith Study Bible, and yep. it's one of my favorite Bibles. I love right it, man. Now. So, um, dude, so I'm reading really... in uh, Genesis right now. I'll admit here on the podcast, having a quiet time for this guy is very hard for me to do to sit down and read my Bible. I struggle. I'm not going to lie. I struggle. Um, but my counselor was like, pick something and study it. So I said, okay, I was going to pick a word and study like, you know, like a faith or grace or something like that. But I'm like, I'm going to read Joseph. I'm going to read about Joseph. So I just read and he just got sold into slavery. He just stepped into Potiphar's house, but there was a little tag at the very bottom from one of the ancient faith people. And I don't remember which church father it was, but he basically said that it's probably bead. Cause he's like, or Bede or however. No, 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 no. It's not him. I don't, I don't think he's it's like Gregory of Ambrose either. He's like everywhere. Yeah. There's a, it depends on which book you're in. You get a lot of other people. Right. Whenever I see John Christendom, Oh, that's it. Yeah. But um, basically it was the fact of, um, for lack of better word, a true follower of Jesus, whether at their pinnacle or at the lowest, still has all their attention pointed to Jesus mm-hmm. and pointed to God. And how, you know, a man's character and the testimony of his faith comes out both in the, when he's up top and when he's down low. And we find Joseph down low. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dang, that's pretty good. Hmm. That's a bad quote. That's a terrible quote, but it was something like that. Yeah. But pick up an ancient faith study Bible. I actually just went through and uh, did all of First John last night while I was at work because I didn't have any calls, and so there you go. Better way to spend your time. I just study scripture. <laughs> there you I'm go. Weird like that. So, I love it. Um, but I did all First John out of the the um, 
ancient faith study Bible from CSB, and I thoroughly enjoyed the commentary. Um, you know, I had everybody from uh, Augustine to uh, the uh, Bede or Bede or however the heck yep. you pronounce yeah, his I name. Yeah, I know about, yep. Um, who was some Gregory other Gregory of Ambrose. Yeah, Ambrose was in there, yep. John um, Christendom. Uh, I think it's John Chris. Is it John? It's not John Christendom. It's... Uh, John Christome or something? Christ- I don't know. Yeah, however you pronounce that. There's a lot of church fathers. Man, there's so much good stuff in there. I, I think there's Ignatius. St. Ignatius is in there a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because he, he, right, he was one of the guys. Uh, St. Jerome, yep. um, he was he was in the First John passage, one of the passages um, in one of those chapters. And so uh, it was very... It's just cool to see the legacy of, the, of, of, I mean, obviously it's not 2,000 years since the time of Jesus, but no. how the ancient church thought and meditated on these passages. Yeah, you know? and it's not, you know, you can't take what they say. It's not inspired or inerrant. No. I mean, it's, 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 it's like going and listening to a pastor, but it's, it's interesting to see what their take was. Uh, when a lot of these theologies were starting to be put together, right? I mean, yes, they had the the scripture, um, but it wasn't. I mean, who was it? Uh, Jerome was it? Jerome, Jerome was fourth century and did the Greek, and he was it he him? was Latin Vulgate, R- right from the Greek though. Yep. Yep. Um, and what wasn't it him or was it who the heck was it? I'm trying to remember that uh, took. And actually started coming up with like the words justification and sanctification and these different theologies. I think theologies. he started doing some of that. I too. thought it was him. Uh, I don't know. It's been a bit since I've looked into that. Oh, man. But this is yeah. the formation anyways, of what church words, words we right, use this today. Is, this, the theology, systematic theology stuff that we use, this is where it came from. Right. So, and obviously um, we're sponsored, but this is a shameless plug because this is the Bibles we use. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. it's, it, yeah. And, right, and exactly. as a youth well, pastor, I loved it. I loved the CSB just because, like, you know, I'd read the King James, and then I'd have to have a pastor explain what this word means that no one understands. Right. Or you can just read it and understand it. Right. You know? Yeah, and I mean, you, I mean, everybody's heard me talk about I use NASB, I use ESV, I use NET, I use the TLV, I use the C- <laughs> CSB, I use the uh, uh, Complete Jewish Study Bible. I mean, I use a lot of different translations. I don't just stick to one and... Mm-hmm. Um, I think every translation has something to offer, but I'm really impressed with the CSB. Very impressed with it. That's so cool. check it out. Yep. There's our plug. CSBible.com. We are not going to plug it anymore, guys, because we have a conversation to get We're into. We're 17 minutes in and we haven't even started. I feel so bad for these people, Sorry, man. everybody. Welcome to, but here's the deal. I feel like we're a morning talk show for people. You know. We're like the, we're the Kelly and Ryan of Of, of the Christian podcast world. <laughs> so we try to jump in. You know, we, we do need to... Uh, call it what it is we did say this was going to be a direct follow-up conversation from our last old testament conversation and then we had rodney and then we had a like dude we can get you in this week and he's like i can get in this that was the intermission break yeah so we had those two weeks with rodney abuse which if you watch on youtube there was such a bad audio delay it was awful it's all right it's all right so if you those conversations were really good you know it's been about a month so it's been a month since our last old testament conversation uh, which was uh, are we are yeah, Christians today subject to the Old Testament? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, the Old Testament law specifically, right? Exactly. So if if you do not remember that, go back and listen to that, and then come back to this because this is kind of a follow up, a tie in, and then next week is going to be a tie in to this one, kind of. Mm. So it's yeah. going to be fascinating. We're going to kind of have this stepping stone into it, right? You know, we're so building, we're building blocks. So last episode, talking about the Old Testament, not with Rodney, right. but with the Old Testament, we talked specifically about the law. What is the law? What was the purpose of the law? Do we follow the law? And at the end of the day, we said, mm, not really. It w- yeah. The, we do follow a law, but it's... We follow the law of Christ. It's, it's, exactly. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of where we left it. We have we follow the law of Christ. And I was uh, having a conversation with someone, and I actually started listening to these YouTube videos of this conversation of salvation, specifically the difference between the Old Testament salvation and New Testament salvation. And are they different? Do they work different? Um, can someone get saved in the Old Testament different than the New Testament? Because obviously Jesus hasn't come yet, so it it had to look a little different. Right. Do Old Testament saints then, if they 
you know, trust in the Messiah? Do they actually go to heaven because Jesus hasn't died for their sins yet? Or where do they go? Are they still waiting? What are we supposed to do about all this in between? And Old Testament people, it seems like they had to do works for their salvation. But now we, the Bible says it doesn't matter what works you do. It's your faith in Jesus that saves you. Right. So how do we handle these two different conversations? And before we even jump in, I want to read a quick paragraph. All right. So this is from Millard Erickson's systematic theology called Introducing Christian Doctrine from his big one. Yep. This is the big one. Yep. And this is his section on called The Medium of Salvation. The Medium. Uh, it reads the following. The question of how salvation is obtained or transmitted is also highly important. Some views regard the transmission of salvation as virtually a physical process. This is true of certain sacramentalist systems that believe salvation or grace to be obtained by means of a physical object. For example, in traditional Roman Catholicism, grace is believed to be actually transmitted and received by taking the bread of the Eucharist into one's body. While the value, while the value of the sacrament depends on some extent of the inward attitude or the condition of the person receiving the communion, grace is received primarily through the physical external act. Others think salvation is conveyed by a moral action. Here, salvation is created by altering the state of affairs. The idea of salvation is found in the social gospel movement and in libertarian theologies. Evangelical theologies represent a third idea. Salvation is mediated by faith. Faith appropriates the work accomplished by Christ. The recipient is, in a sense, passive in this process. So, this little paragraph that Millard Erickson brought up basically said there's three different views. One is you receive it physically, like you take you know, communion, you take the body, the Eucharist, the blood, the wine of Jesus, and that's how you receive your salvation. Then there's the one that you know us evangelicals understand more, where it's the fact of we didn't do nothing in this process. Like God chose us, he saved us, he redeemed us. We just have faith in Jesus' work on the cross. And then I thought that third one was really interesting by the moral action, which is probably the way most people think salvation works. Do my goods outweigh my bads? You know, almost like the the the, the scale. Um, what was, uh, dude, remind me, um, lady justice. Thank you. Whereas like she's blindfolded and she's holding the scales out and you're just praying that your good outweighs your bad right. and that, you know, you, you do good works. You're trying to leave the earth a better place. You're trying to leave a better place for your kids, your grandkids. You're out there trying to clean up the community cause you want to do something good, which honestly it feels good to do that mm -hmm. because that's the, I, I believe that's the made in the image of God taking care of fellow people who are also made in the image of God, image bears. But so many people think that they have to go out and earn their salvation. Then, then again, there's a Catholic church that says you have to take part in a physical thing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as Protestants, we believe, no, we don't do anything with that. But going into the Old Testament, it kind of seems like that falls more in line with the Catholic idea. Where, you know, the, the, we read in the law that they had to do a bunch of different things. Now, there were some laws where it's like... Yeah, you have to build a gate around your roof. You have to do certain things just based on typical can't livelihood. Can't leave a, a hole unguarded. You, you and... can't boil a goat in its mother's milk. Like yeah. like some things where we're like, what the heck? We don't even know mm -hmm. what to do with that. But then there were the sacrifices. There were the sacrifices that were for a sin offering. You committed yes. a sin against God. This sacrifice covers your sin. The ritual laws. Yeah, the ritual laws. And then there was the the atonement. You know, the the one sacrifice every that covered the sins of the entire nation. But then you make a bunch of little sacrifices around the year just to make sure your, for lack of a better word, your um, your ledger was filled. Right. You there know, was daily you weren't, sacrifice. You weren't owed any dues. Right. Um, now I'm curious. Before we 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 keep going in the notes, um, do they talk about how the Jews did all their sacrifices in the Chosen TV series, or do they not talk about that very much? They have not really touched base on that. But I mean, we're only in season two out of I think seven seasons or eight. So seasons. they have that I many planned. They have. I was curious eight, to see how, how they planned it because they they have seven a really seasons. cool way of visualizing how the people were emotionally. I mean, engaged right with now it. we're about ready to jump. Well, I mean. This is going to take place later, but at time of recording, we're getting ready to jump into the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five. That's as Ooh, far as we you're are ready. Right now. So, oh, you're man. ready, but you Sunday know, but, but you know, when when you look at the Old Testament law, the people had to follow a different code. Yeah, right. And so when they made sacrifices, whether it was the off like the sin offering, whether it was the communion offering, whether it was all these different ones like the the praise offering, for lack of better words, the offer incense to God. All these different things is what helped put them supposedly in a right relationship right with God. But for us as Christians, 
we don't follow that law anymore. So, so I guess the, the question that I have, I, I guess there's a few different questions that come out of this is a, is the old Testament faith of following Yahweh different than the new Testament way? Mm-hmm. Are they separate? Are the Jews, the way Jews get saved separate than how Christians get saved specifically split between the Testaments? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, B does, does that even matter? And then C, did God change the mode of salvation? Mm. Like, did God change this? Did God change the plan or has it always been this way where it's always been faith or maybe we have it wrong and we need to follow the Catholic teaching where no, 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 we need to physically receive the grace. Hmm. So I guess those are kind of the questions I'm, I'm, I've been chewing on for the last little bit. I guess it's what, what do you believe? I mean, um, if you believe there's a separation, then you're probably more than likely a dispensationalist. Okay. Um, and, I mean, you've got, might as well go through the seven dispensations, okay. even though I wasn't going to. I put them in the notes just in case <laughs> we wanted did. them. So I think right here is a good place to, to plug them in. Um, I'll let you read them. Okay. You read them. Yeah. You, so you, this is your notes. These I'm, are I'm my just gonna, notes. I'm just going to talk, man. It, it, this is hard because I don't have a build. I just have a bunch of stuff that I've yeah, just been and chewing that's fine. on lately. And you know? that's fine. So, so basically, there's the seven dispensations, which basically um, there's dispensationalists and there's covenant theology. Those are kind of the two, for lack of a better word, far ends of the of the those are, those are the well known ones. You also Correct. have a continuationalist. Oh yeah, um, which is the lesser known. And but those are the two known: either covenant theology or, or dispensation. There's like ten steps in between, like right. you know whatever. Yeah. So basically, covenant theology basically says is God has had the same covenant for all of time, and the church is just engrafted into Israel. Israel is the church, and it's just this is the way it's always been. Whereas dispensationalists believe that no, there is a clear distinction between Israel and the church. There still is a distinction between Israel and the church and salvation, although still required be obedience because that's what God called for. Mm-hmm. God worked in different ways. And so this is from gotquestions.org. Um, you can just literally go to got, gotquestions.org, search dispensationalism, and it'll bring it up. Um, but these are the seven different dispensations. The first one is innocence, which that's in the garden. So the dispensation of innocence of there was no sin. Uh, the second one was conscience. That's when sin entered the world and they knew they were sinners. Human government, which is the next couple chapters there. Um, and then there's the dispensation of promise, which that's where Abraham shows up, right? right? And I will promise you, it goes all the way all the way to Exodus. That's when we get to the law. So the law is not introduced until dispensation, what was that? One, two, three, four, five. So basically, the law of Moses, the rules that the Jews, Jews live by, didn't even show up. Right for five dispensations. So God has already changed his, or the, there's been different sections of the world in timeline already before we even hit the Mosaic law, which is the, what the Jews supposed to follow. Right. And that goes all the way through until grace, which, you know, this says acts two for acts two verse four, which is after Jesus died and he rose again, the day of Pentecost happened and they start preaching Jesus in the streets. So that's when grace kicks in and grace goes all the way until the millennial reign of Jesus. So right now we're living in the dispensation of grace. So that means, you know, it's not it's not what we do. That was a weird sound. That's not what we do that earns our salvation. It's the fact of it's the grace given to us. Right. And then before grace kicked in, it was the law. So how you were in right standing with God wasn't so much about grace, but it was in following the law. So in the Old Testament time, was salvation based off of someone's works and merits? So, so you have these two different theologies, right? You have dispensationalist theology and you have a, a covenant theology. And the covenant right. theology believes uh, it's a continuation of the covenant. And really the, uh, the covenant started with um, Eve, right? What was the first covenant that he made with Eve? In the very beginning of Genesis. With with Eve, uh huh. He made a covenant with Eve. Are you talking about Genesis three fifteen, where the fact of your you know your seed will be against his seed, and yes. he will like, that was like, a covenant with Eve, mm. not with Adam. He was talking about Eve and her seed. Yeah, the proto evangelum. Right. So that's where it starts, right? And then we get into um, we get into Abraham and the Abrahamic covenant. Well, you got the Noahic covenant as well too, but um, the Abrahamic covenant, where a lot of dispensationalists get this passage wrong where it talks about um, he's making a covenant with Abraham and his, and they, they say offsprings, but it's actually offspring mm-hmm. speaking of Christ. 
And so uh, it's a continuation coming, speaking of Jesus, right? So, hey, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. If you look at closely at all of these um, different covenants, you see this, this is covenant theology. You see this continuation of Christ is coming, Christ is coming, Christ is coming until, bam, Christ is here. Mm-hmm. Right. Now Christ is here. Christ is here. This is the covenant that we have now, now that Christ is here. So it all depends on, on what your take of which way is right. I'm a continuationist. Okay. Continuationists believe that uh, it's the same covenant that has been from the beginning to now to the end. And that's salvation. Okay. And it has different modes. It looks different depending on who God is dealing with at the time. Just as cultures change, mm-hmm. um, we see that um, not that God changes, but he changes his modes. It's not mo- okay. It's not a modalist. It's not a modalism right. because that's, that's saying that Christ well, well, wasn't Well, let's but, think about the law. Let's think about the law, right? So, so what was the purpose of the law? The purpose of the to, law was to point to Christ, point to we needed a Savior. Right. That and, was the purpose and of the law. And it also showed that Israel was separate from the rest of the world. Right, exactly. It, but that was also just the standards by which they were to live. But here's the question is, did the sacrifices, is that what saved the Jews or is it the faith in the sacrifice? Because we even read with Saul, with uh, yeah, yeah, with Saul and Nathan, right? Where he said, it's better to obey than to sacrifice. Right. So right there in the Old Testament. Right. This is when Saul sacrificed without obeying uh, to wait for Samuel to come. So Samuel could do the sacrifice. So here's another question then. Did Old Testament people even need to make these sacrifices? So... it's again. We got to go back to this two sides of the same coin. We okay. go back to justification slash sanctification. Okay. So it's by let's let's look at it right. So God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right. So God's mode of salvation has always been the same: belief in God, faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And it was the faith and, of and Abraham. Hebrews eleven. Was, yeah. The faith, faith of, of Abraham. Abraham was counted righteousness to him. Yep. It was faith. It wasn't anything to do. But with that faith comes what? Obedience. Hmm. This is where we get because to, only the uh, what's that old? Uh, but it's not obedience out of half. Right, to. there's that old bond, but there's that old Bonhoeffer quote where it's like uh, only the obedient. No, only uh, believers obey, but only the obedient believe something like that. Yeah, uh, the, I, basically yeah. obedience and belief go hand in hand. Right. So yeah. I messed you up, didn't I? Well, no, I'm just trying to think of a good analogy to bring up. It's like being married, and I don't want to compare our relationship with God as being married, even though Christ does, but that's different because Christ can do that. <laughs> right. But, but what, you know, when I get, when you got married to Beth, mm-hmm. right, did you just treat her like you always had, or did you treat her like your wife? Do you treat her like your wife now? She is my wife. Right. So, and you treat her that Differently way. than anybody else. Correct. So when you have something, right, if I... If I make a commitment, if I make that covenant, justification, if I make that covenant, I have faith, God gives me the free gift, and it's from my faith and my belief in Mm -hmm. God that now we've entered a covenant together. And with that covenant, changes my response and how I act. Now, God's Mm going to act the same regardless. Uh, God chastens those who he loves, right? So chastens means he goes after him and whoops up on Hmm. on people that disobey him, uh, his children. He doesn't do that with... And this is kind of something we touched on with Rodney a little bit. There's the image of God. There's children of God. And both are treated a little different. Hmm. The image of God, um, it rains on the just and the unjust. Right. The children of God, God chastens. Those are the called out ones. Right, exactly. And so there, even on God's end, there's a little bit of a difference on how he treats those who are called. Okay. And we act differently, not out of a have to, but because we are a new creation and we are changed. We are sanctified. We are transformed, not of our doing, but of the Holy Spirit's work in us. So, and it's an outflowing of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I like that. So it's the outflow. So let's go back to the Old Testament. So what I'm hearing you say is the fact of Abraham, Moses. Shoot, let's just go back to Noah. Mm-hmm. Let's go back all the way to the beginning. Everything was done by faith. Right. In obedience to God's commands. Right. I think that there were people in Israel, in the Old Testament, under the law, that obeyed the law out of have to, but didn't really believe in God. And I do not believe those people will be in eternity. Okay. And I also believe that there were people that really knew that there was a God and believed in God and followed the law, not out of a have to, but because they wanted to because of who they were serving. Right. And, and you see David in the Psalms where he's like, 
the law's not a burden. The, like the loss is joy. Right. It's just happiness. Right. Like that's where his source of life comes from, from the law of God. And I think we view God's law a little differently than so many other people. Cause like, you know, I, I think of us as, you know, Americans versus other, other cultures. We have so many laws that we just do. We don't even right. pay attention to half the laws that, that like it's, they're just common reality, common, common knowledge. It's funny because our culture, and I forget who it was this Thomas Schreiner. I think maybe it was Thomas Schreiner. Don't hold me to it. Okay. But he's good somebody, author though. Somebody said something and I think it was Thomas Schreiner. One of his uh, series I was listening to said that it's funny how Western Christians followed the letter of the law. But and if you understood the Jewish culture, they had the spirit of the law, right? So I could say you can't leave your porch unguarded or you can't leave this hole unguarded, but that was just, this is where we get like the Mishnah and all this other teachings from. Okay. Are based off of that law and the interpretation of that law. So it goes in a little bit deeper. It was a generic, I don't want to say generic because it wasn't a generic, but it was a generic law. Like, okay, so I can leave my hole, uh, you know, I can't leave my hole unguarded for an ox to fall into, but if it's only small enough that a cat falls into it and dies, well, that's not a big deal because it wasn't an ox because mm-hmm. the law said an ox. Well, no, it's still the same thing. That law, it's still the spirit of the law. And this has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> I just thought it was fascinating that uh, how much, like, you t- you pointed. Again, we're so Western many, Christians. Yeah, there's Western so many eyes. laws that we're like, it has to be this way. So going back to salvation specifically, you right. know, they, they had to follow it. Because like, I, I have this verse right here. Let me pull it up from the Old Testament. Uh about Old Testament verse on what God expects the Jews to do. This is from Leviticus 17, which is their book of the law. Right. It says, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have appointed to you to make atonement on the altar for your lives. So it is the lifeblood that makes the atonement. And then this is what's interesting. Deuteronomy 28 lays out both a blessing of obedience and curses if not. And so God even said, if you don't follow my law, I will curse you. I will cast you from the land. I will cast you from, from the, the, the place that you are. I will cast you away from me. But if you obey, and this is where, you know, people take the promise of if my people who are called by name, by my name, gather themselves and, and humble themselves, I will, uh, heal their, land. heal their, uh, heal, hear their prayers and heal their lamb. Yes, like so that. many people think that's for America. That ain't got crap to do with America. <laughs> it's about the fact of if these people go, go back and start following God, God says, well, I will bless you. It It is, it was not directed for America, but I think God would do it for America. I think God would do it for any country. But he doesn't have to. It was a promise to Israel. It wasn't exactly. It wasn't a promise to America. It was a promise to Israel, and we have to realize that. But we also know when we obey God, things tend to be a little bit better for us. Well, it's true, because obviously (laughs) life will go a little bit better. Not always. Not 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 go better, but in terms of when you follow God the way God's supposed to be. Anytime a country has submitted themselves to God, that country has thrived. Hmm. Anytime you and this is just this is just history. This isn't what Bi- the Bible says. This is just history. Anytime a country has supported Israel, has has obeyed God, has lived for God as a uh, majority, I guess not like everybody, but a majority. But I think that also depends on what seat you're sitting in too. Because if we talk about you know the 1980s and the sittings of Billy Graham's all around, there's a lot of people say, yeah, like we were following God and a lot of good things were happening. But then you look at a lot of people who were still, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., the walks, the riots, the, you know, the the civil Well, see, I was, thinking, I was thinking more like Rome under Constantine type of thing. Oh, Whether gotcha. That, I wasn't necessarily thinking like. But even that, I don't know, man, because the church became rich and it became ruling and it became more about it did, money. It and, did because of their sinful ways, not because they weren't originally in the right, right. on what they were doing is what I'm saying. And so obedience to God is always going to turn out better for us, especially if we do it in the right heart. Hmm. Um, though we may face persecution, we'll be happier. Right. <laughs> I mean, look at Joseph, he, I, you know, going back to Joseph, right. he, uh, I want to know if he ever sat there in that dungeon and go, went, God, what the heck are you doing? But you me, know, he had to, but let me ask you this. If it wasn't for Joseph being obedient to God and listening to God's word, would Egypt have survived that famine? We don't know. Well, I mean, we know it did. We're going to speculate, right? We know it, it did. We can speculate. We can, because right now we're going to say, well, well, us as predestined, we're like, no, it was predestined that Joseph was going to be there to save Egypt right. from this, and this is why, because it was all part of God's plan. He knew he was going to have to go and send Moses to save his people or bring his people out of Egypt, and so on and so forth. Right. Um, but think about 
had Joseph not been obedient, had Joseph not been placed in that time and in that place, Egypt probably wouldn't have survived because they weren't going to be storing up the stockhouses for seven years in the plenty. So they wanted to survive the seven years of famine, more than likely. But we know they did. And so this is where I'd say when you listen to God, though it may not be, you know, I could say, okay, well, you look at the martyrs. The martyrs back in the early church, um, they listened to God and they died. Um, but if you look at the church as a whole, it grew and it flourished mm-hmm. because of their obedience. And that's what I'm saying. There's a it, it goes into obedience of God. Because Joseph was before the law. Right. Old Testament Jews had to obey God and those right. sacrifices of what pushed them towards the Messiah because they were supposed to be, you know, the Passover lamb and then Jesus was the ultimate Passover lamb. Everything right. was a symbol leading up to Jesus. Pastor Scott had a really cool sermon series on that a few years ago. That was really dope. Um, but, you know, all these things were pointing towards Jesus and then going back. But here's another question then. So if we look at all this and go, okay, so it all revolves around obedience to God. It all revolves around faith. And then, but and faith of, results in obedience. I would say obedience results from faith. Which we see in James, the book of James. Right. You know, you know, you say you have faith. Let me show you that I have faith right. by my works. Exactly. And it's not that the works prove the faith. It's mm-hmm. that the faith is, is. And we talked about that provider in, in that of episode the, of do our works follow us in a death. Right. We talked about that. It's the provider of the works. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have true, genuine faith and you're forcing it, how long are you going to be able to fake it till you make it? And are, is that faking it going to do anything for your eternal security? Mm-hmm. No, it's not. Because works do nothing. Works are as filthy rags. They do nothing for us. It's about the faith. That's about the heart. That's where So when we in. see the Old Testament and the New Testament, we can still put these books together. Now, would, would uh, this is a different conversation of is the church, you say the church is a continuation of Israel, right? Uh, I say the chosen people yep. are a continuation. I say because Abraham was not Israel. Mm-hmm. Noah was not Israel. These were chosen people of God. And those chosen people continued into Israel. Mm-hmm. And out of Israel, right, out of the Jews came the church. Right. And even in Romans, Paul said, you know, it's true Jews, spiritual, we're spiritual Jews right. that were engrafted it's, into God's it's family. It's a spiritual circumcision, not made with hands, is what mm-hmm. Paul says in Corinthians. So, and that's what it is. That's what it, it's a, it's faith mm. without works is what's required of salvation. But faith without works is dead. Is dead. Is dead. <laughs> so, so basically the Old Testament, New Testament, it all goes back to, you know, faith that results in obedience, obedience that is a result of faith. But in the Old Testament time, if someone, I guess this would be the question of is, does someone put their belief in the obedience that they had in the sacrifice of God's going to hang on to his promises and looking for the Messiah? Is that what resulted in salvation? And then were they even saved the same way? Cause you know, we see that, um, I, I, I don't think it's a parable. I think when Jesus was talking about Lazarus and, uh, not, not like the one that raised from the dead, but the, the rich, like yes, poor yeah. Lazarus and the rich guy. And one was in, um, basically one was basically in hell and one was in Abraham's bosom, but they could see each other. And he, one was finding comfort and one wasn't. And so it's like, okay, so there he's in paradise, but he's not in heaven. See, I think you're, I think it is a parable. You do? Undoubtedly it's a parable because Christ says it's a parable. (laughs) No, he doesn't. Oh, I thought he does. All right, let's look it up. Nope. Now I got to see. He doesn't. He just tells us, he just, he just talks about it. But you know, even on the cross, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Right. But here's my question, though, is can anyone actually enter into God's presence without Jesus' sacrifice? So all these Old Testament mm-hmm. saints, you know, I was I always grew up being told they were in Abraham's bosom, and then when Jesus died those three days, he went down to Abraham's bosom, grabbed all the homies, and then went up to heaven with God. Not quite like that. That's the Mark Hyde edition. Um, but, you know, not, he didn't defeat... Uh, it's Catholic. It's Catholic teaching, and I don't think it's correct to say that Jesus went and fought Satan for three days, and he stole the keys of hell from Satan to lock him in the. Nah, bro. He's always had that. He created that place. Like he didn't have to go fight for no keys. Like the dude made the house. Right. So, but 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 you know, with that story and with other things, did these Old Testament saints actually go to heaven? Did they not? And honestly, is that even the right 
question to to ask. Did you find the passage? Um, yeah, I'm looking it up right now. <laughs> Give me a sec. You're good. You're good. Because now I'm intrigued. Now we just get to sit here and wait because I have no other thoughts. Wow. Okay. I mean, I have other thoughts, but I want to hear what the, the response is from, from the, the passage. Did you find it yet? Oh, hang on. So he goes in from talking about, uh, he gives the uh, parable of the dishonest manager. This is the one where the manager was basically caught being dishonest and then ended up being more dishonest. Right. And then ended up leaving. So this is Luke 16. It goes from there into the law and the kingdom of God. Um, and then into divorce and remarriage in verse 18. And then it goes into the rich man and Lazarus where it says, uh, and this is the ESV. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted uh, sumptuously every day. And at, at the, his gate at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus covered with sores who desired to be fed. Yada, 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 yada. Well, you can go. So Luke 16 starts in verse 19 and goes to the end of the chapter. Yep. Uh, so it just ends. It just, that's what I'm saying. It's not, it, it doesn't ends. set but up like a parable. He just, he's teaching and then he takes, well, tells a story. More people than not, at least in all the textual criticism classes and hermeneutics classes that I took, all agreed that this is more than a, this is probably a parable. Mm. Um, I think so there's I'm different curious, elements. I'm curious to know what makes you think. We can talk about it offline. Yeah, but, we'll talk about it offline. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious. But to know you know, what you think and, and the reason why I asked that question is, if unbelievers went to a different place, did that mean salvation worked differently too? And you know, this is kind of my thought because I don't, I don't want to read read all these different bullet points of 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 Shoal and Hades and how all, because right. some of that's speculatory. Um, but when it comes to salvation itself. You, no one can appear before God without that sacrifice of Jesus. And in the Old Testament time, that you know atoning sacrifice of the sacrificial lamb for the sins of all the people is supposed to represent the Messiah who was to come. And that's where they were putting their hope mm-hmm. and their trust and their obedience followed that faith. And you know, with us in the New Testament, we're looking back on Christ's sacrifice, but we're also looking forward to the resurrection. Mm-hmm. And in this conversation, when people talk about, oh, are Old Testament people saved the same as the New Testament people way? It seems like the whole focus of this conversation is wrong. I feel like a lot of people are just focusing on, did they go to heaven when they die? Did they go to heaven when they die? When it was, is that the goal of salvation in general? You know, we've talked about that a few different times. Is is the goal of salvation just to go to heaven when you die? Or is the goal of salvation to have a relationship with God again when you were never able to have one? Right. And that's what, again, it comes back to faith. And that's mm-hmm. why I believe that... When you look at the Old Testament, I don't like putting in verses the New Testament, but if we look at it that way, mm-hmm. I think it's one and the same. It's all about faith, and it always has been about faith and about that relationship with God. That's what it's been about. That's what that's what brings salvation. Mm. That was Christ's message. That was everybody's message before is, hey, you got to have faith. This is why it was counted as righteousness to Abraham is what it says in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11? Hebrews 12. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11. Sorry. But yeah, so it's, I mean, um, the hall of faith, we look at it, it's always, if <laughs> that's why they call it the hall of faith. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all about faith of these people was counted righteousness. And I think that I agree with you, you know, if you're looking at it, okay, well, heaven or hell, this goes back to our conversation of, um, oh, that old one. Yeah. The the, old one. Uh, getting saved only to escape hell. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I, and I think that's again, the wrong reason to be saved. It's never been about that. It's been about a relationship with Christ, relationship with God, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes by faith and faith by what? The hearing of the word. <laughs> and so I guess here's the question is, does this conversation even matter? Because I'm even sitting here going, okay, well, we're New Testament it, people, it does, so it doesn't matter. It does matter because a lot of people stumble over this. Mm, okay. You, you got, again, we have two prominent dispensationalists or covenant theology that butt heads all the time. And there's a lot of stuff that Christians like to discuss and talk about that really do not matter to the kingdom mm-hmm. because we all have faith in God. Right. But I think it does matter for those people to, especially for younger Christians that don't know they're hearing both sides of this to know that, listen, what it boils down to is faith in Christ, confession of your sins. And then once all that live like a new creation mm-hmm. and that comes out of being transformed and being renewed by the working of the spirit inside of you. And it's not an overnight snap of a finger thing that, Hey, you're completely changing. You're perfect. Mm-hmm. Sanctification is an ongoing continuous process. 
and it's okay to struggle. The thing with struggling, we'll go back to Old Testament. Look at David. David had a man murdered and stole his wife, right? And this is not, this is like, it's a bad thing, but it's not the worst thing that he probably did. <laughs> I mean, we don't get all the de- little details. We don't detail. get all the details, details, but. I mean, we look at basically when David was on his way out the door, he had like what some presume is a prostitute or, or young girl lay with him naked to keep him warm. Mm. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, how disturbing is that? And yet it was still counted as, he still counted as the apple of God's eye, you know, the man after God's own heart. Uh, and it was because of faith confession and we see, see the confession part after he did this stuff with Bathsheba mm-hmm. that uh, the prophet Nathan came to him and he repented and confessed. That's a huge part of it. Right. He did the opposite of what Saul did. Saul had excuses and right. trying and, to wiggle out. And that, and that shows you the difference between the two. Um, you have to <laughs> confession. Repentance is not a shame finger. It's not a, oh, shame on you for doing this. You failed this. You failed this. It's like, no, I, I don't want to be this way. Mm-hmm. It's that showing that change that's working inside of you. When you're convicted by a sin, it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It means the Spirit's working in you. It means that sanctification process is taking place. It means your faith is real. Mm. And so that's the things we need to hold on to. Yeah, and and I like this conversation mainly because it helps us see that the Old Testament still is, It's we need it. We still oh, need yeah. the Old Testament, you know. We, we had this conversation probably about a year ago when Andy Stanley dropped that one book. I think, Irre- yeah, the book called Irresistible. And honestly, still a good book. It's still still really good. It has so many truth and applications. And um, what a lot of people have been having conversations around is the fact of, you know, how did Christianity spread? They didn't have a Bible. They didn't have a New Testament. They didn't have buildings. They didn't have children's ministry. They went around and said, we the, the Messiah has come, and he's he, he died, and he rose again, and he's going to give us life eternal. And so many times the whole purpose of Christianity, we just focus on what the New Testament is, but we leave out the Old Testament unless it's in the children's ministry where you're just learning Bible stories. So it seems like you learn all your Bible stories when you're a kid, but then once you get to junior high up, it's all about the New Testament and living as a Christian. And we want to completely separate the Testaments and, and say, things, God worked different back then. We just don't, we yeah, just don't get it. And we there's don't things to learn it. from both, and that's why God has preserved both. Mm both for us. And that's why I don't like, I just say a Bible scripture. I mean, old new Testament, that's stuff that man has put on it. That was never intended by God. It was just scripture. Um, and Christ and his disciples, you should look at how many, most of these people that read the new Testament they're like, Oh, we don't need the old Testament. We just need the new Testament. Mm -hmm. Do you guys realize how many times the apostles are quote the old Testament and Jesus quoted the old Testament. Jesus quotes the old, I mean, Jesus was an old Testament. So, much Old Testament in the New Testament. It's ridiculous. And that's why I say I don't like separating the two because the Old Testament is so ingrained in the New Testament. Right. And that's why I say the Old Testament is the key to unlocking the New Testament. If you don't understand the Old, you'll definitely not get the New because the New came from the Old. It was all teachings from the Old that mm-hmm. brought the New. That's where the understanding comes in from. And, and it works a little different, obviously, because Jesus said, you know, this is the New Covenant in my blood. And, you know, instead of worshiping in places, you'll worship me in spirit so, and truth. So there are some different modes and applications from it. So even the early church, though, even the apostles had scripture. They had the Old Testament, yeah, which they, they preached used off of Isaiah frequently. all the time. They used frequently. And not only that, but they had oral traditions, which is why the early church, before everything was written down, the message was still the same. We don't understand the memorization skills that they had back in that culture. It, it is said that people, the boys that went through um, basically Torah school, had it memorized they had every single word, which meant the memorized. disciples, the twelve disciples, weren't a bunch of idiots. Yeah, they were. They knew. They knew the Torah they, exactly. And so, um, the the memorization of the things that Christ said and the teachings of Christ. This is why you know people go, well, how can you know these books were written forty or fifty or sixty years after Christ? How do they remember that? You know, because we like to say, well, the letters in red are Jesus's words, but mm-hmm. they're not because they were written down by somebody. But then if we think about, okay, what the memorization skills they had, where they memorized every word from the Torah, they probably did remember some of this good stuff. And they probably wrote some of this stuff down. Like, I love that about the chosen. They, they depict Matthew, like, taking notes of what Jesus is saying and doing and stuff like that so he doesn't forget. It's pretty cool. So, um, But I think the, that we need to not just discard that, oh, they didn't have this back then, but they did. This is what the New Testament is formed from Old Testament theology because that's what they knew and that's what they had. So to leave it out is detrimental to yep. understanding. 
Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to end with Hebrews 11 um, and then go into verse 12. It says, uh, Hebrews 11:39 says, And all these things, though commended through their faith, which is talking about every person just mentioned before, Abraham, right. Gideon, Samson, Moses, um, Elijah, all these people that were, were mentioned, um, and all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, which was the Messiah, salvation. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us weigh aside every weight and sin which clings so or which, which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despite the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. In other words, we see all these Old Testament saints. They, they, I mean, it even says some suffered mocking and flogging and chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, sawed in two. They were killed with the sword. They had, a, they were mistreated. They were afflicted. They were destitute. They wandered the wilderness. They wandered the desert. Thrown to the lions. Like a Daniel. they were. They, they literally were for lack of a better word, persecuted yeah. for their trust and obedience in Yahweh. Because of their faith and their testimony, we can have the faith and assurance to be like, you know what? They did it. I can do it too. But now we can look unto Jesus. They they, they didn't know who they were looking for. Right. We know who they was looking for. Right. And we even see, I think it's also in Hebrews, where the fact of even the angels don't understand the mysteries of the gospel. Maybe that was Ephesians. Um, and, and, and we only understand it because like you said, the Holy Spirit works through us to be exactly. able to understand that. So does this conversation actually matter? And in, in some sense, we need to understand how salvation works today because that's just how it works. But again, we need to appreciate the old. Well, I think it's how know? salvation, like I said, understand, salvation understand works God's throughout work. history. I mean, it's it's the way salvation has been from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It just is worded a little different. Yeah, right and and I've, I've been shooting on this, this quote, just this would be my last thought, with John Piper. He said that the Old Testament religion was a come and see religion. In other words, come and see the works of God. And the New Testament religion is a go and tell. Come and see. And I've been showing on that for a little bit, where it's the fact of, okay, Old Testament is come and see what God is doing, and now we're called to go and tell about Jesus. Yeah. So come and see what God is doing, the work God is preparing for us. And now, hey, it's already been here, so let's let's go and tell. Right. And then to end it with Paul Washer, he said, people have always been saved based on what God has simply told them. Yep. That's it. That's what God tells you, that's how people are saved. So were Old Testament saints saved the same way as New Testament? Sounds like we would say, I would yeah. say yes. Yeah. Now, I, obviously, they didn't know Jesus. He didn't sacrifice right. him yet, but it was obedience in faith right. to what God said. Right. Exactly. Any last words from you, dude? That's about I, all I got. I think you summed it up well, my friend. Oh, thank so, you. You're, thank you're, you. You're good. Let's get to it. All right. Time for Fun Facts with All right, my dude. So uh, people might not know this, but we we just went live on Facebook and YouTube. I mean, obviously, we we're like six weeks past the recording of when we went live, it seems like. Yeah, um, something close to that. But so I made you whip out a fun fact off the top of your, like, just literally you whipped one out right there. Well, I, I didn't steal the one for this episode, no, did you I? Didn't, no, you didn't, but I kept, I keep it. I keep one on my phone just in case you try to spring one. So on you me. always have a fun fact ready, no matter when I ask you. Yeah, just because you sprung it on me the first episode and I had to reach <laughs> in my brain for it. Yeah, so <laughs> so dude, to end this episode, what fun fact you got to end the show? All right, Mark and listeners, the fun fact of the day is: cans of diet soda will float in water; regular soda cans will sink. It sounds ironic, but the funny fact is proven: cans of regular soda tend to be more dense than water. So they sink. Cans of diet soda are usually less dense than water, so they float. I've never heard of that. And I'm guessing this has to do with the sugars. It could, uh, well, because sugar is heavy. Right. You think of like the corn syrup and stuff. So next time we have a, a, a barbecue and a cookout, I'm going to have to look inside and see what cans are floating and which ones aren't. Yeah, because you don't want the floaties. Which, honestly, though, that makes... Okay, but think about when it. When does anybody want to drink a floaty? Every time you got to reach into and pull out a can of pop, what do you do? You reach to the you bottom. You reach to the bottom and you pull up because you, you have to go past all the diet stuff. So right. I never realized that. Yeah. Yeah, fun fact. That's man. a real fun fact. That's a really <laughs> good fun fact. Well, either way, guys, we are glad that you made it through another installment of Real Talk Christian Podcast. Just like always, hit us up. RealtalkChristianPodcast.com is the place to go. You can find the phone number, uh-oh, 574-400-5352. Send us a text, send us a voicemail, send us a phone call. We probably won't pick up, but we'll try to get back but to you know quick. What? 
we do respond to texts and voicemails. Yep. You do really well with texts. I do. I hang out on Instagram. I'm in Instagram lane yeah, all the time Yeah, but even on Instagram, I, I still get in on the Instagram and the email. I'm really good with the You're email, You're really too, good so. with the email, too. So there are so many ways to connect with us offline. If you have any questions about either this show or a show you want us to do, feel free to reach out, out to us. Check, check out, out the, the merch. merch, man. Look merch. at that. Representing the blue. I like that blue. Yeah. That's a new blue. It's a, it's a royal blue. I have a sweater or sweat. I got the crew deck sweatshirt in the royal blue, but I like that t-shirt. Yeah, that's I'm, nice. I might have to order me one. You and there's one. other colors too. I might have to get a purple. Ooh. Purple would be pretty dope. I got red. I got green. I got gray. I got black. What's up, Santa Claus? What's up? What's up, Santa Claus? <laughs> but hit up. Just go Just go to the website. It's all right there. We want to thank CSB and Lifeway again for sponsoring Real Talk Christian Podcast. We love you guys. Check out the goat skin leather 40% Check it off. Out. CSB or CSBible.com. Yeah, no coupon code. Just, it's, just right it's there. 40% Pre-order. off. And we do that because we love you guys. Definitely. Oh, goodness. I don't even know what else to say, Fuller. Man, I think you've covered it all We got all of it? Well. I think it's time for a nap. What do you say? Let's go. All right. Well, hey, until (laughs) next time, guys. Take it easy.